Broadcasting live from Needle Verge Pathway on the plain of Zendikar, this is Tap Tap Concede. Welcome everybody to Tap Tap Concede. My name is Graham. Joining me is Nelson. Hi there. And Cameron. Huh? And today we are going to be talking about, well, you know, that's an excellent question and we'll we'll get to it in a moment. But first, a reminder that this show is brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run and of course as always our friends at our wonderful sponsor card kingdom check out cardkingdom.com slash lrr for all of your card and kingdom needs they are still shipping all over the world and doing a great and fast job doing so tell them loading ready run sent me button please and they will give you a one inch button and we are still rocking the putting the woo in wooberg and there are some other good ones coming up so you want to keep an eye out for those i decided to switch the order of the patreon and the card kingdom callouts for no reason other than my mouth just started moving and i was desperate to keep up the, the spirit moved you yeah exactly that's how i make all kinds of decisions you know i just follow whatever my lips decided yeah yeah i mean most of my important decisions in life have been made by refusing to shut up <laughs> <laughs> amen brother yeah like my mouth starts doing things and my brain is like no 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 no. i was just like what are we doing why am i saying these words guess i'm doing it in this order all right gotta salvage this smoothly speaking of which we are recording at a different time than usual obviously this episode's coming out a few days later than normal we're recording right after I mean, not immediately after, but, you know, within a couple hours after the end of the 2020 Magic Grand Finals. And congratulations to Austin Bersavich for winning after a very entertaining top eight. I was watching a lot of it today. And just before we started recording, I posed the question, what are the Grand Finals? Because I don't... (laughs) I don't know. And as Cam pointed out, we're a magic podcast. We, you know, we should be, we should be knowledgeable in these things. But I realize that I don't actually understand the current organized play structure. Do either of you have, feel like you have a handle on, on how this all works? No, absolutely not. Hey, yeah. Crick, 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 crick. Sorry, that's me trying to sound like a cricket, but I don't have like a soundboard button for it or anything. If you just like adjust your chair, it might do that. Right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. You know, that's this yeah. is what you came for, everyone listening. It's the sound of Nelson's computer chair. <laughs> okay. I so I probably should feel the worst about this just because I'm kind of involved in organized play. I have judged several Grand Prix and PTQs. And I used to know basically like the entire kind of skeleton of organized play. Like I used to be a grinder myself and I I might try to grind into the the pro tour scene again sometime in the future. But there used to kind of be like one big event called a pro tour sometime after each set, ideally like six weeks, but sometimes it's less. It was kind of exciting when it was a little, little closer to the previous time. And then also every year there was worlds and then the world magic cup. I believe that was kind of like the common thing. So One is a team event and one is individual and like Worlds was an individual event where you played three different formats. And so I think this weekend's event kind of most closely mirrors that very small number of players invited. And the the way they're invited is different than they used to be from Worlds. From Worlds, it was like there are a certain number of seats per country that could go. And there was like a team component as well as an individual component some years. So Magic Organized Play has changed a lot, like the fact that we don't know 
or we don't, we're not familiar with it this year is not that different. Yeah, it's kind of, it's, you know, this year, obviously with like the pandemic and stuff, it's seemed to change even more. And the, the rise of Magic Arena and these Magic Arena events, it's been, it's been tough to catch up. Yeah, I sure as heck don't know how you need to get invited to go play at this tournament this weekend. But it was definitely to be at the, the tip top of Magic, you know, playing excellence, right? Yeah, it was definitely great to watch. I'm just, you know, it, it was the grand finals and I'm trying to f- determine the grand finals of what. That's it. There's no more games of Magic to be played, actually. This is the final podcast because oh. Magic is done now. It's the finals. <laughs> uh, there was certainly some, there was certainly some. Finality. <laughs> there was certainly some amount of that kind of attitude, certainly surrounding the fact that the, the top eight was so dominated by Omnath Adventures. Finish him. In fact, was the top eight entirely Omnath decks? No. There was one blue-black rogues deck. Yes. Oh, and there were the two Gruul Adventures decks from Autumn Burchett and Emma Handy. Yeah, so that was a cool note about this tournament. In the top eight, we have Autumn and Emma, you know, representing not only a diverse cast of characters playing Magic, different kinds of people, but also a sweet deck that, like, nobody had heard of last week, and they were both Paladin. That was pretty rad. I was watching Emma's winning in to qualify for the top eight and it was just great because they have the they have everybody on webcam and so she's there with her headphones on metal music apparently according to her just blasting so she's just like jamming like air drumming keeping herself hype and then when she finally wins just like just the the look on her face and then she runs out of the room is just it's it's a wonderful moment to watch that's fantastic. Yeah, it was great. But but yeah, I'm looking at the top eight decks and Emma and Autumn on Gruel Adventures, Seth Manfield on Demir Rogues, and then four Omnath Adventures, and then one deck that was merely Omnath Ramp, which is why we've seen... I mean, okay, I say which is why. Which is... Which we assume is related to the announcement since the end of the tournament that there will be a ban and restricted announcement tomorrow affecting standard and historic and brawl and brawl yeah yeah and that representation in the top eight is about right for the representation in the tournament as well i think it was something like 63 percent of people are playing omnath four color with like a bit of a division between committed ramp strategies and decks that are playing clover Mm -hmm. i got to tinker I, i played a few games over the weekend of standard i figured probably crafting these omnaths isn't too big of a risk of my wild cards and I kind of wanted Cobras anyway in these lands, so it wasn't too much of a stretch to build this deck. Well, if they ban it tomorrow, sorry, when they ban it tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> when at the t- time of listening, when they did ban it, you'll <laughs> get wild cards. Yeah, so. exactly. But I wanted to say, yeah, the deck, you know, I, I like kind of described the play patterns I was talking about before. It turns out the thing that goes on with the deck is that it's actually even so powerful that like... I, I was thinking about just the ramp version. That one's maybe a bit more straightforward to play. The Cl- Lucky Clover version, you know, you actually have a really big set of decisions as soon as you're like kind of winning. Uh, as soon as you have like a bunch of mana and an Omnath or a Cobra and a Clover, there's a lot of different things your deck can do because you're going to get copies of your Fae of Wishes. And I'm a little bit used to playing Fae of Wishes decks from back when Fires was a, was a thing. But this deck you it it takes a little bit more you know skill and finesse and i certainly got to watch you know these great players like kind of piloting their way out of these pretty difficult positions just as soon as they ripped you know one escape to the wilds or when they draw one fae of wishes they can kind of like cleverly you know we saw austin a few times planning two or three turns in advance 
and you know knowing when, which cyborg cards they were going to get and when. And same with Gabe Nassif. I got to see Nassif like claw back and win some games that looked kind of unwinnable, mostly mirror matches. But yeah, the the deck it just it swings real hard and does real dumb stuff. And I mean, I I, I did say that from uh, when we first saw this standard format starting to shape up. So I think they should ban it. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely from watching the from watching the grand finals, it was kind of ridiculous the the beating that Omnath could get away with. Yeah, and like so much of what Omnath does is free, right? Like it's weird that this four color monster feels like just added value, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's really the mana landfall trigger. I think that's the big problem. Like the the extra damage or like the you know, the giant lightning helix to the face you can get off in one turn if you have three lands is fun and neat and sometimes does affect the progress of a standard game. Like quite quite often, if you're a little bit ahead, you can get way ahead if you get lucky and draw enough of your beanstalk giants to get the damage to the face. But just being able to play an Omnath, follow it up with a Fabled Passage, and now you get four mana from Omnath because you're going to get two lands coming to play. And then with your fifth mana from the land, you're going to cast Escape to the Wilds. And it's just it's just a gross amount of value. Even if you do it wrong, if you look back and like a couple of these games, I was like, that I, that I played personally, I was like, oh yeah, that by the, by the third game I played, I realized, okay, I'm supposed to get this first and then this. But, you know, looking back, it's just like, well, even if you chose wrong, you still just like, grabbed three extra cards out of your sideboard with these fave wishes i just recall seeing instances where people have our old friend lucky clover in play and they have like two of them in play so then they cast uh fertile footsteps and just get free land basically and then omnath fires off and then they're yeah like you say they're tripling fave wishes and going and just pulling silver bullets out of their wish board and it's just like this is an unstoppable misery engine you've created Changing direction slightly. There is a Magic Organized Play website that will not help you. What you are looking for, I have discovered live on this podcast, you're welcome, is magic.gg, which I knew existed. Is that the Magic Esports website? That's where they explain all the tournament structure and everything. And so you were right. The Grand Finals is the finals of the 2020 season. And it's 32 players competing for a total of... $250,000 in prizes and the 32 players are the 16 top qualifiers from the players tour finals and 16 from the mythic invitational so it's any mythic invitationals the top 16 people from that and any players tours the top 16 people from that so yes that's what this was and it was standard and historic and omnath was all over the shop right omnath showing up a little bit in the historic metagame as well i believe right oh yeah no omnath was the top eight was uh no was the top eight historic no the top eight was just standard play i believe but i think they played historic on day two yeah no but there was definitely also a lot of omnath in the historic rounds as well so 99 percent omnath ban i'm guessing like is there anything else that you could really hit they might take out a second or third card like lucky clover lotus cobra lotus cobra was a big issue in the historic decks as well for sure i recall seeing it's a lot of there was a lot of stuff from commentary about like well yeah this is why lotus cobra has always been a real scary card (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah turns out if you make six mana on turn three it's it's awkward for your opponent most of the time i think after this tournament's results and like watching some of the games i sort of suspect they just ban omnath possibly in both formats 
I don't know if they're going to bother they're banned in Brawl, but I don't play Brawl, so I don't know. It's possible that Omnath as your commander is also just unfun and lame. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's just Omnath for standard. Yeah, like, I, I guess this is what they were trying to avoid, right? Banning the big, splashy new card. But I guess sometimes you just kind of have to, you kind of have to, you have to pull that trigger, right? Nath gets taken out by, back behind the shed. Yeah, well, to their credit, like, these large events where like various pro teams are going to be involved in trying to break the format and they're being paid, you know, they're being compensated to do it. They're, they're really motivated to get out in front of the format. We do sometimes see like the first three weeks of standard, like, you know, looking at SCG results or like the first couple PTQs of a format or something. It seems like there's a deck that's, that's way out in front and doing a lot better than the other decks, but then there's like a you know a japanese or a czech or, or an american pro team that actually figures out another better deck that's uh well set up to beat the first deck and then after the pro tour the metagame just shifts everywhere because everyone learns about that you know new deck technology and then when that doesn't happen then at least you know organized play wizards r&d you can say like okay so we do have to ban this card but we were waiting until after this pro tour to do it right they have a leg to stand on for the timing. It's not the timing of it isn't that weird. Well, there's no other major tournament until December 6th, which is the Zendikar Rising Championship. So they're sort of, it's, this seems like they're going back to how they used to name the Pro Tours, where it was mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Pro Tour name of most recent set. And then over the past couple of years, it's just been Mythic Invitational number or right. Mythic Championship number rather. And so. Yeah, the Zendikar Rising Championship is going to be taking place on Arena. Yeah, so, I mean, last year we saw a bunch of events both on Arena and then also in paper. And then this year it's like, well, we're not having any paper events. So they can maybe just plan next year. It's like all the all the big organized play, all the, all the big money tournaments will probably just be on Arena in 2021. And so they don't have to have six events. Or, I mean, I mean they might still want to, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if next year's schedule is scaling back. There have probably been some announcements about that, too, that we're, we're equally clued out about. Yeah, like a format with a wishboard? I'm very enthusiastic about that, right? That's awesome. I love wishboards. Cards like Escape to the Wilds? Extremely cool. Like Weirdo Adventure cards? Also very cool, right? Like the interaction between Adventures and Escape to the Wilds? That sounds wild. And then I just look at the standard environment and I'm like, no, I don't want to. The standard environment could have used Thoughtseize or something. Like oftentimes there's a ramp deck that's approximately as consistent as this Omnath four-color deck and approximately as powerful, but it's kept in check by like, you know, some good counter spells or hand destruction. Yeah, yeah. Like the the problem is like the, the hand attack. Escape to the Wilds just kind of like no sirs it, right? You peel and escape to the wilds and well... <laughs> Yeah. That, Noble effort. Yeah, that's fair. Noble effort, but it was all for naught. <laughs> yeah, the adventure cards and Escape the Wilds are all pretty good against hand attacks, true. It was funny watching, I think Marshall even said it in exactly these words, someone casting a Brazen Borrower from their Escape to the Wilds pile, or casting uh, Petty Theft, I guess, thereby moving Brazen Borrower from one exile zone into a slightly different exile zone. Or <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, no. These are the cards exiled by Escape to the Wilds. These are the cards that you cast as an adventure and can now cast as a creature. 
Yeah, I definitely made that mistake a couple of times as I'm trying to figure this deck out because you do just end up with a lot of adventure cards in exile for a long time and then multiple escape to the wild sometimes over the course of turns. And so it's like the bookkeeping is actually kind of tricky. It'd be a little bit easier with paper cards because you, you know, you get your adventure card out and be like, okay, these ones are on an adventure and then like make little zones. Like this is this turn's escape to the wilds. You know what 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 would have gone really well right here? Devour. Yeah. Ooh. Just, you know, the Eldrazi show up and, and the multiverse turns its tired eyes to you, Ulamog. <laughs> right? That, that would have been wild. That would have just been great, right? Like, Escape to the Wilds, these five cards, and then they just all get eaten. <laughs> no. Okay, you're saying Devour, but I believe you mean Process. Process! Yes, yeah. Devour was the one that just uh, exiled the top card, right? No, that's Ingest. Ingest. Right, Devour is from, from Shards of Alara? You sacrifice your creatures to make your new creature bigger. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, yeah. I knew what you meant when you said devour, but I was also like, isn't there some kind of dragon that like eats goblins? What am I? Why am I thinking of that? <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. Anyway, processing. Processing would have been great. It would have done stone nothing, right? It was absolutely ineffective. But a man can dream. I like it. It's a rich dream. So the weekend that we're recording this is Canadian Thanksgiving, or as we know it here, Thanksgiving. And so we decided that the back half of the episode, we'd have a little bit more fun with it. And we'd start by talking about things in magic that we are thankful for. Because, you know, last week's episode was just by its very nature, a little a little negative, which is fine. But it, it wasn't wasn't necessarily enjoyable so we figured why not you know why not talk about some of the things that we we do like in magic would either of you like to start us off i can start yeah it might be a little self-referential and might seem self-serving but i'm really grateful for twitch tv or you know whatever other platform you stream magic on i just like to be able to tune in to my friends and you know acquaintances the cool people i've met through judging and through working with LRR and getting to watch them. It's just, it's been helpful for me to kind of feel connected, even if I'm not, even if I'm not necessarily interacting, just watching and listening to people's voices helped me a little bit with my sanity. So thank you streamers and content creators. Your work is helpful to me. And also triomes. Triomes are great. You can fetch for them. Mm, compelling, compelling. Love it. I also would like to express a large amount of gratitude for all the friends that I've met through magic mainly like because they're also interesting people who don't all do magic things right like one of my favorite experiences is meeting somebody who who's really good at something and finding all the other things that they're good at as well and what goes into making a well-rounded person and how skills or talents from one sphere move into the other oh it's wonderful right like you just get reminded of how great people can be, right? What intensely powerful thing a thing it is to be a human being. I'm also just very grateful for a standard environment, hopefully, that allow me to play a wishboard. Have, <laughs> have I talked about that? This is so cool. It's it makes me so happy just being able to like get your silver bullet, right? Especially with Escape to the Wilds. I think I'm gonna try playing this standard environment once Omnath is gone, right? Because Omnath just seems good. And what I really want to do is nothing until somebody kills me. But I wanted to take just a little bit longer than Omnath currently allows for. Yeah, awesome. I, <laughs> before, 
I, do I just want to sneak in before this before Omnath was printed? There was Teamer Adventures, which does just operate with the Wishboard too, and this was like after Fires was banned. So Fave of Wishes has been a real card in Standard a bunch, and Teamer Adventures wasn't super popular, but I think Luis Salvato kept playing it the whole time. Yeah, no, deck looks sweet. Deck looks sweet. Let's let's make it happen. Bring back Teamer Adventures. I mean, echoing Cameron, I'm thankful for all the wonderful friends I've made through this game whom whose presence I deeply miss in the current lack of in-person magic events. And that's, I mean, honestly, like I, I agree with both of you and, and just like watching watching people play it online. I'm glad of that. I also like that it's a game that connects to the kind of gameplay that Kathleen and I both enjoy because we don't necessarily always like the same video games, but this is one that is for both of us. And she finally, we recently upgraded her computer slightly and is now running the Mac client on her computer. And is, she is now playing it on that computer as much as I have been playing it on my PC. And I'm just like, ah, good. It's not just me. Yeah, that's like big 2006 energy where you and your partner are both playing World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Right. Doing completely different activities. But, you know, you're 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 both there. One of you's in 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 like Mulgore and the other one's in in like leveling an alt somewhere. I don't know. Pick a zone. But yeah. Family who tilts together stays together. <laughs> word up, Nelson. Word up. Yeah. And then further in the realm of having fun with things that would bring us joy, we thought it would be entertaining at least to think about if if we accept that there are further secret layers on the horizon that mash up magic with other ips hopefully with silver borders or the godzilla treatments what you know if not the walking dead what what are some things we would like to see because you know i joked about like you know like whatever a shrek secret lair would be hilarious I, i i'm not actually like that doesn't actually excite me. It would be funny, and I would probably, you know, have to put my money where my mouth is in that particular instance. But I'm not like, oh, I really want them to make this. But maybe there are some that we would really like them to make. Nelson, did you have a good idea for that? Because you, I think this was your suggestion. Yeah, I mean, I've had a bunch of little ideas, and the one that's coming to me right now, I mean, sorry, I'll back up one step. The reason I wanted to talk about this was that I... I mentioned it before, but I really was looking forward to just like the Godzilla treatment of The Walking Dead. I thought that'd be pretty cool. There's a few other comic books I like. I like Transmetropolitan. I like Sandman. I like Fables. That could be a that could be a good one. But I, I would prefer the Godzilla treatment. I'll get more use out of the cards if they're black bordered. But I sort of, you know, dislike that. Like if I buy this card off a secret layer and then I'm playing with it, you know, some somebody else doesn't necessarily get to play it because they only have access to booster packs or whatever. But anyways... So we've had Silver Border, My Little Pony cards, obviously My Little Pony owned by Hasbro. And I recently watched the new My Little Pony movie about 18 times, you know, not because it's good, but just because I'm trapped and <laughs> and my life is a prison like, like yours is probably. But there's a four year old girl in my prison and she's really cool and I love her and she likes the My Little Pony movie. So, yeah, I could be down to just like get to play like a sweet, like dark confidant that's a tempest. Or, you know, or a flexing obliterator or whatever. There's some pirates in My Little Pony. So that's that's one of the ones I'm hoping for. I have okay. two words for you. Warhammer. Oh. I, I kind of guessed you were going to be going for towards the Warhammer. I mean, like, never happening. Let's get this out of the way right now. Ne There's nothing that is never happening more than this. Like, I mean. And it's definitely on Games Workshop end that this is not happening. 
Probably, but like, I mean, you're you're gonna have Superman in the new Avengers movie before you get the Warhammer Magic crossover, <laughs> right? <laughs> you, you you could probably get one of those clickbaity YouTube movies with Elsa, Spider-Man, and the Joker cleared before anybody would sign on the dotted line for Warhammer Magic cards. Holy crap. But could you imagine, like, I'm going to guess three-color Archaeon, like Grixis. He's probably like an 8-8 with Trample and Double Strike and casts for 17 mana for something. And then when he lands, he just brings about the end times. There's just so many great characters in Warhammer, and they're all messes. I think the magic community would really gel with many of the characters in in the old world, even though the old world is gone now and has been replaced with the realms of Sigmar. But they're still around, right? You still have Teclis. You still have have, have Marathi. You know, they, they all hang out. They have fun. There's probably shippers. That's probably not good. That's probably not good. But they're probably out there. And then there's like lots of big monsters and great heroes and interesting spells, right? Like you get old high magic spells in there. Like I'd love to see what a Hand of Glory did in, in Magic the Gathering, right? Or a Fiery Convocation. There's lots of old and interesting artifacts. It's, it's, it's just full of good fun. It's just full of good fun, right? What, what would an ogre's mechanic be? They mainly eat people. <laughs> Maybe they would have devour. Maybe that's what I've been... Sacrifice, colon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost literally. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. I would, I would have a very hard time coming up with, like, just five cards to put in the Warhammer secret lair. But I, I, would, be, I would be up for this. Somebody call me. Somebody ask me for this, right? Also, we'd have the Godzilla treatment, right? Obviously, clearly, we would find good fits for all of these. I asked for the Godzilla treatment too, and yet, listening to you, I'm like, well, wait, maybe these cards do need new cards. So I don't know. Maybe the maybe the approach that's kind of the best for us, at least the one we prefer, is like to have these characters mapped out as if they're Walking Dead secret layer with new cards, and then just plotting them into the next couple years of sets, mm-hmm. and then releasing the secret layer or doing it as a preview. I would also submit that, like, a slightly more plausible secret lair that's within, just within uh, Watsi, would probably be like, what came out of Stoneforge Mystic's rocks today? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I think that would be a fun little secret lair. Yeah. You know, it's Chite. That would be your big one, I'm assuming. And Sophie. Yeah. Like, all, all the... Uh, Batterskull? Sure. Why not? Batterskull can't be that much anymore. I like that. Yeah, I think that would be a cute little one. But then, like, the secret layer also includes, like, Nekote or Bonesaw or something, where it's like... Oh, yeah, yeah, sometimes... This is all we got this time. Yeah, exactly. Like, somebody somebody walked by too too heavily while, you know, the, the rocks were baking, and out came Bonesaw, right? And Stoneforge Mystic just looks darkly at you, like, yeah, you ruined my baking. But, you know, sometimes Bonesaw has a friend. Sometimes... Sometimes you gotta strap on trusty machete and get in there. Yeah, the only problem with putting Bonesaw into the Stoneforge Mystic uh, secret layer is that then you have the Bonesaw that's also going to be in the Daredevil secret layer. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could turn up in multiple places. I guess it's fine. How about you, Graham? Do you have a dream uh, secret layer on the horizon? Favorite IP that you want to see connected to magic? So first off, in Cam's realm of much more in the within the Watsi wheelhouse, 
this is something that I could absolutely see happening easily. And it may even already be planned or it may be the whatever the masterpiece expedition, whatever equivalent is for the Forgotten Realms expansion. But I would love to see some D&D stuff, but like in the old, like advanced D&D style. Ooh, <laughs> like ooh. The, look like the covers of the old modules that are just like call the Hildebrand brothers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but in terms of like something outside the 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 magic sphere, this is I think as equally unlikely to happen as anything involving Warhammer, and it's also just like really obvious. I'm not remotely the first person to think of it. I've seen altars and proxies in this realm but just like the world of studio ghibli would be oh yeah so i mean the art's there you know just make amazing lands that are just like the untouched backdrops right like they're already hand-painted gorgeous art you know if you do a mm. silver border you could have a land that transforms into a vehicle for Hal's moving castle i would love to get a god warrior like the decaying god warrior from nausicaa holy that hell. just like etbs as a it's a it's a creature wrath of god right (laughs) you just you just erase sorcery and replace with creature construct (laughs) so it enters and then destroys itself and everything else yeah flavorful i love it legendary Mm -hmm. land laputa Mm -hmm. i mean honestly like a lot of the creatures from the studio ghibli just you could would find them on Lorwyn anyway when they all make food when they enter <laughs> so much food and you would have ghibli food oh that would rule just that's just, so good it's an entire secret layer of just food tokens but they're all from studio ghibli films like the frying eggs from howl's moving castle yeah i could just watch that right like oh man sometimes you know, you're having a rough day and you just open up that animated gif of the frying bacon and eggs from Howl's Moving Castle and just feel all right again after a little while. Mm-hmm. Also, you could also get a card that is an A6 M2 or uh, M5, a Mitsubishi A60 <laughs> fighter from The Wind Rises. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Through one, it would just be a 2 1 for two, you know, long like, range like, air superiority fighter. Yeah. Event. You know, your family is moving to a new city because your dad got a new job and you don't know anyone and it's scary. This is some sort of like sorcery where like a creature, you know, gets exiled, but then they come back with a plus one plus one counter or something. Uh, yeah, that would, that would be fun. That's just like a common theme in a bunch of them where it's like the beginning of the movie. It's like, oh, we're moving. I just want to see like Totoro or No Face, just any number of terrific characters. I imagine a lot of a lot of transform cards. <laughs> Because there's a lot of characters, not just creatures, some of the human characters, too, who do not end the movie the way they started in very obvious physical ways. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. What a fertile environment for card design. Sagas could be good, too. Get a bunch of good sagas. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Going back to the uh, D&D one. Uh I've made this joke a lot before, but yeah, like just call the secret layer like 32 short films about Elminster. (laughs) nice yeah right it's just like the stack of cards that everyone around the offices has been making for the last couple of years does anyone have any ideas for DD cards and somebody just drops a stack of index cards right (laughs) do i i thought you'd never ask i'm also really hoping that in the DD set they're gonna bring back the trap mechanic I know traps and magic, like from the original Zendikar, were a little bit fraught, but mm. 
playing around like getting ready for traps is like a big part of my like you know excitement when i'm gonna go play dungeons and dragons the the biggest part of course is just like hanging out with your friends and trying to make each other laugh but then when you're when you're dungeoning i'm usually more worried about traps than i am about monsters that they need one trap card that's just the orb of annihilation from the tomb of tomb of horrors and it just sits there on the table and your opponent actually has to deliberately activate it right you know it's there they know it's there yeah it's like what does it do it destroys whatever it is it exiles it it's gone forever why would i ever do that well it could lead to treasure will it absolutely not those words aren't on the card but it could it could be a portal somewhere and like a single bead of sweat just starts forming on your opponent's brow until they finally decide to activate it the the creature they threw into it gets exiled and you're like what happens nothing <laughs> I'm just realizing right? now that I want an entire silver-bordered companion set to the D&D set that's coming out. Yeah, basically. <laughs> There's a lot of cultural inertia behind D&D. <laughs> they're finally breaking that wall down. Like, the way I would see the Orb of Annihilation working is it just exiles any creature with haste. <laughs> this would be it. It would be an enchantment, any creature with haste, and it gets exiled when it enters the battlefield. Yeah. Orb of Annihilation. I like that this feels like a 1994 design. Yeah, absolutely, right? These are cards from Fallen Empires, dude. We're on the, we're two peas, peas in a pod here. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, it, would, it would cost seven mana. <laughs> it would have to. Do you think, this is, I'm sorry, this is back to like, this is back to Earth. Do you think that they'll like, it's just, it's so weird to me that they are like, hey, we're doing Forgotten Realms. It's a D&D &D set. By the way, there's a D&D mechanic in zendikar rising obviously we have another set between these two but you you got to assume that party comes back in forgotten realms i would assume party comes back and adventures comes back oh i could see that right maybe. right that makes sense too it seems like a slam dunk to me right that clearly like what what do you do in D, &D? you go on adventures we have this mechanic that we already made what a coincidence we should put those two together and then you get a third one which is probably like i don't know something that encourages murdering people for their money right <laughs> like when this creature dies it leaves behind a treasure right yeah like that was such a weird experience the first time i played D, &D where we killed a bunch of monsters and then everyone was like i go and loot the bodies and i'm like wait what that's that's horrifying <laughs> no, we go and rummage through their pockets looking for loose change. <laughs> yeah. Laugh with your friends and learn that they are all terrible people. Yeah. It turns out that pack of goblins had like 34 gold, which is several years pay for a farmer, I think. I don't know why they didn't just buy a house with it, but, you know, I, I, maybe they were on their way to the bank. <laughs> I actually, I'm going to be a little bit surprised if either of these mechanics come back. I assumed that when... It, uh, party was previewed with Zendikar that there would be important characters that you would want to have in any deck that was playing the party cards that are going to mm -hmm. come out in the Far on Realms set. Like some of the cards from Zendikar that care about party will get better after Forgotten Realms. But it just seems unusual for magic design to break out the same mechanics set after set unless it's like a continuous block. But yeah, they're definitely on theme definitely on theme yeah it's a little close i guess i mean in the first end of car they had quests and because it was meant to be like you know adventure world it was like this is the D, &D world so we have these quests but that was a very like subtle reference if anything but party is just so explicitly like this is dungeons and dragons everybody 
Well, everybody, I think that will do it for the Thanksgiving Hours Not Yours edition of Tap Tap Concede. A big asterisk, unless you live in Canada, obviously. And yeah, hope hope you enjoyed it. Hope we were able to answer some questions. If not for you, at least for ourselves, we have a better idea of what the grand finals was. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> and it was nice talking about some some fun things as well. Next week, obviously, we will know what the bands were and we can talk about how they banned omnath and also we will have more information on the zendikar rising nicknames because yes we did have some questions about that and we don't have that all set up and ready yet but we will have more information on that in next week's episode which should be out on monday as normal next week so keep an eye out for that is that it was there anything else either of you nelson no, I think we, we got it. We're going to announce nicknames next time we talk to you. Sounds good. Cam? That was, that. those were all my magic thoughts. I had, I had saved them up all for you and now they're gone. Great. All right. Well, in that case, speaking for Nelson and Cam, I've been Graham. Jordan edits these. James runs the card reader. Heather does podcast admin. The show is brought to you by Card Kingdom. Do check out cardkingdom.com slash LRR. They're great. They sponsor this show they help keep everything going and we appreciate it and also everything is continued to be kept going by you and your kind support of our patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run until next time goodbye happy thanksgiving bye